0: Hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to a letter to my sister podcast. You are in the right place if you were raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So, in here, There will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat sis. Hey sis, welcome back to yet another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. If you have not been in the place, this season we are talking all about relationships and we have a regular today. I've got Courtney with me today and we are talking about relationship patterns. We're talking about gender roles. We're talking about all the things So just kind of listen to our conversation as we're just working our way through, do we need gender roles? What in the world is a traditional and a modern wife? And what patterns do we pick up? Is it detrimental? Does it help? How do we avoid the patterns? All the things. So listen up. Courtney, welcome back again. I believe you're actually my first, second time guest. Oh, how cool. Yeah, I think so. All right. So welcome back again to A Letter to My Sister podcast, where we will be talking again about dating. This whole season is about dating. And I said, who better than to bring a professional to help us work some of these things out that I've been seeing out in these social media strasses, I like to say strasses for the little <laughs> bit of German that I did learn yeah. in these social media streets. So the first thing that I wanted to tackle was perceived gender roles mm-hmm. and how this can play out in dating, marriage, relationships, or whatever, as far as. Women being the keeper of the home, men being the keeper of things outside the homes, or kind of like what we talked about earlier, where there was all this ruckus on social media about little boys and kitchenette sets and how they shouldn't have kitchenette sets. But I was like, but we watch shows on TV all the time where the men are chefs. So all the time, where do they start? (laughs) But anyway, I'm going to let you have it and I'm going to be quiet. (laughs)
1: All right, so let's see. So in terms of the gender roles, right? I think that, um, and it's so interesting because I ha- I took a picture of my husband and my son in the kitchen together cooking breakfast and I intended to post it and I just completely forgot. So it's in my camera roll. I need to go get it out. But yeah. um, I don't really do the whole gender role things. I've never really bought into it. Um, I am more of whatever needs to be done and we work it out together and we get it done. Uh, my husband cooks he does laundry he cleans <laughs> uh, he does homework he works outside of the home and I do all the same I do all those same things and then I, I'm primarily at my house um, because I work from home and so I do all the same things so you know I don't know I maybe I'm not one of the modern
0: <laughs> wise, but... oh no she didn't bring that up <laughs> And, and, and listen, I don't even know
1: where the modern wives fit in. I don't know what what what's end of the spectrum, um, the modern wives fit in, but that's where we are. Like, you know, and it's so funny because we never even really had a conversation about, okay, like, what do you want to do and what do you want me to do? Um, we just kind of fell in and got it done. So he does all of the things. I mean, he still cuts the grass. I don't do that. But he does all of that and he cooks and cleans and dishes and...
0: Vacuum
1: and <laughs> all of the, all
0: of the things. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it, quite honestly. So what I have learned because I've really been trying to figure out, okay, am I modern? Am I <laughs> traditional? <Yeah. laughs> what what is it exactly? So basically, what I picked up from a clubhouse room from one of one of the ladies that I um, listened to a little bit is she is all about femininity, but she is also about the traditional marriage structure. Okay. And so what I have learned from them is that for the traditional marriage structure, it is basically that the woman is the keeper of all things within the home. So even if the husband has a particular vision, she will help assist him with that vision, but she may not necessarily work outside the home she may not even have her own business because she's getting behind the vision of her husband.
1: Okay, so she is support, essentially.
0: Correct, a strong supporting member. Mm -hmm. And what I have learned from the modern role, because a lot of, there's, they also say that there's a lot of people that feel like they are in a traditional marriage, but they're not. Because they say traditional is also kind of a mindset. And so I said, okay, I can get that modern with traditional pieces to it. Mm -hmm. And so they say for the modern woman, she could very well also be primarily at home or be the keeper of the home, but maybe she is working on her own business and Mm -hmm. she is kind of bringing in extra income as well. Whereas in a traditional, the husband is the main one bringing in the sole income And they're doing things that way. And what was another part of it? But basically what I do like though, what I do like that they said about it is that it's not about whether one is right or wrong because you hear that a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's about what is going to work best for you and your relationship. And then you need to know if there are any ramifications of that. So of course the big push for the traditional marriage is that- You have someone who is at home and Mm -hmm. so they are able to create a legacy, create the type of legacy that they want for their family, for their kids and all of those things. If they want to homeschool, they can. If they want to travel, they can. If they need to pick up their kids from school or whatever the case may be, they can. Whereas in a modern type of structure, you may not be able to do that if both of the people are working inside of the home or if they have these different things That they need to go out and do. Is it possible? Yes. But is it harder? Yes. Okay. So, anyway, that's what I have (laughs) have picked up from the rooms. But even me, I, if I had to go based off based off of that, I would also have to say that I fall within the realm of modern, simply because I have my own dreams and there are things that I want to do individually but I also would not mind and I would probably love actually to assist my husband with whatever it is that he wanted to do but I definitely feel like I fall in the modern in the modern spectrum but also I feel like that's also plays into how I was raised because I did not come up under a two-parent household either.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with that. I can't. Well, I mean, some of my childhood, yes, there was the two parent, but they both worked. My mom worked two jobs. My stepfather, or uh, you know, the guy she was dating at the time, she worked outside of the home. But I did see her do, you know, the cooking. I never saw him cook. I never saw him clean. I never saw him do laundry. I just literally saw him work and sleep and wait to be served.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) So she was definitely outside of the home a whole lot. And I don't even know that, like, when I think about what I bring from that, I think aside from like the working and the serving and the cooking and the cleaning, the primary thing that I took from that was how I parented my children. And so I made sure that whatever I did, that my children could remain a priority. That was my whole focus. So whatever job I had, whether I was working from home or working at a outside of the home, they were my priority. And making sure that if I got a call from the school, if somebody had to stay home, that I didn't have to make a decision where I had to choose my job over my children. So that's what I pulled, I think, primarily from that, but not so much the traditional aspect of things where I had to do it all because like I said, we never had a conversation about that. Um, If I think about my husband's upbringing, he was from a much larger family than I was. He has a family of I think about seven or eight siblings. He's the baby and maybe it was traditional in the sense where his mom was probably at home doing most of the cooking, the cleaning, and the dad was outside of the home, but that didn't show up here. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was the baby of the family. And so he knew how to cook for himself because there was a lot of kids in the house. And so he kind of picked that up. And so he brought that over into our, our marriage. And so he cooks and he cleans and he does all the things. Um, <laughs> So I don't know. Again, I can understand some of the traditional pieces, right? Like, you know, getting behind my husband's vision and supporting him. I get that. But for those of us who got into marriages or relationships and that vision wasn't necessarily there in the beginning so Mm -hmm. based on where we started you know we weren't you know we weren't Christian folk at the time so there was no um, marrying him because of his vision I mean we didn't talk about vision then it was just like we together um and so that has developed so I, I do respect that component of it but um I don't know. I guess maybe I'm in the middle of it. The, 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 the modern traditional life or
0: something. So so here's a question because this is what me and one of my guy friends were talking about. And from his perspective, what he was saying is that he sees a lot is that you have women who want the relationship, but they're not willing to give up control in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So Again, I I feel like some of that comes from upbringing. So let's say if there is someone who is what I what I would call uh, uber independent, <laughs> how would they then begin the process of letting go of control to essentially allow that man to be able to lead their family or their soon to be family the way that he would. Like to without mm-hmm. continuing to butt heads?
1: So I think that a lot of my response to probably most of those types of questions are going to be the same, and that is having the conversations. I think we always neglect having having conversations before we make like serious commitment decisions. And so if you're that Uber independent woman and you all you know is showing up. And that you are you're shouldering the responsibility, you may not necessarily see that as a flaw. You may not necessarily understand that you're not giving him room to do anything. And so how would you know that unless you have the conversation, unless you have, unless you guys sit down and he says, you know what? I don't really feel like I'm needed here. And then you that's like the, that's a moment for you to kind of create this awareness, like, oh, well, how do I make you feel like that? Well, you never, you, there's nothing for me to do. You, you take care of the car maintenance. You, you're doing all the painting. You're putting, the, you're changing out the light bulbs. Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Then you start to have this conversation around, well, okay, well, what, what can I relieve myself of? How can I help you feel more needed, more supported? Then you can start to make the adjustments. But before that, I don't even know that you would recognize um, that you're that you being all things and don't really need them there. Okay. Cause you're just
0: kind of flowing. Yeah, that that's true. And I, I definitely get that because when I was married, I definitely did not understand that I was part of the problem <laughs> until he said that exact same thing. I don't feel needed because mm-hmm. you're already doing all of these things. And like, I never even thought to ask for help, yeah. but in my mind, I'm not going to because if i can do it why should i be asking for help versus when you get in a marriage it's not necessarily the fact that you can do it but you don't have to right and so right. that's why you can ask your spouse and partner you know together like like you and your husband are yeah. doing i love the fact that you all kind of split responsibilities because in my humble opinion <laughs> when children see that you want to be able to build self-sufficient children. right? And so you don't want them to be constantly waiting on someone. Like I want you to be able to eat healthy meals. I want you to be able to live your life. So then that way, when you do get married, you would be an asset to, you know, your spouse and you don't, they don't feel like they just took on an extra child and have to constantly clean up and do that. Because I think that's the part that most people get frustrated about is you feel like you're constantly cleaning up behind someone and you're like I came into this marriage not to be cleaning up after somebody Mm -hmm. but you know for companionship partnership whatever it is
1: right and I can admit like I do have moments where I am guilty of like and again I told you I brought in the, the biggest thing I brought in was making sure that I parented well right and so in that area I am guilty of sometimes forgetting that to say hey you know I need you to pick up such and such from practice today. I will forget that. I will forget that. And I will try to make the world move mm-hmm. because I may have one, you know, one in a million chance that I have something going on and I can't get to pra- get there after band practice. I'm like, how can I make this happen? And I'll be talking to my husband. And I'm just like, but like, you know, I'm gonna be off by then, right? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can pick her up. So I'm guilty of that sometimes because I do forget. To even just even ask. Like I, I forget that he's even available to do it. Even though he is, I forget because that's my area where I just shoulder all of that and forget that he's there to support me. Um, but I think it can go either way. I think that sometimes we get married and we have a a, a, a husband who's um maybe because of the way he was raised or collared, I don't know, but who doesn't show up.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we learn that, okay we can expect that you're not gonna ever do. So we're gonna do all of it. And then because we do all of it, he continues to not do. (laughs) And so then you have this revolving door around, well, why don't you ever do it? Because you always do, you know what I mean? So you can kind of have, I think both ends of that. And so he never has an opportunity to show up because we're always on the forefront of it. And so, I don't know, I think it could go either
0: way. Yeah, that was definitely an issue, an issue for me because my thing was, okay, I've asked you and it's still not done. Yeah. But I also had to realize because I was, you know, one of those people who really had difficulties giving up control just because I like things the way that I like them. So in my mind, if I ask for you to take out the trash, I'm really expecting you to do it within a few hours, not Mm -hmm. like three days from now (laughs) that you're going to take out the trash. Because now I'm gonna be like, well, what did I ask you for if you're not going to do it? But what I learned from reading this book is that if you ask someone to do it and they say that they will, give them time to do it. You don't Mm -hmm. say, um, now, unless you were specific to say, hey, can you take this out within the next hour? And they say, yes. But they said, even still in those circumstances, if you have to be irritated and just let the trash pile up, Or whatever it is that you ask them for, let it pile up. Mm -hmm. Because if they know that you're going to do it, then you're just going to be irritated this whole time. But one of the examples they gave was say, for instance, you told your children or your husband's spouse, whatever, all right, you do the dishes, I'll cook. This is the deal that we made. So you cook, the next day has come, no one did the dishes. (laughs) Now you're annoyed Mm because now you need to wash the dishes and you got to cook. But they said, no, no. When the people come around in your household and they ask you what's for dinner? Well, I had meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green beans Mm -hmm. planned for dinner, but no one washed the dishes. So I guess we'll be eating whatever we can find, Mm -hmm. or you can eat cereal. (laughs) And if that happens enough, then eventually everyone will get on board and start washing the dishes, but they're like, this is how you stress yourself out because since people didn't show up the way that you wanted them to, now you're doing the work. They really didn't want to do the work in the first place. So they have no issues with you doing right. the work and you're just going to be the one irritated and upset. Right.
1: They're fine. It's like, okay, go ahead and knock them dishes out so you can go and cook the next meal so I can come to the table and eat and mess right. up the list <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was like, it's so interesting. But what I realized from that is that if you're not careful, because you're too busy trying to do all these things, and you're trying to be in all these places. And I've been looking up this thing called superwoman syndrome. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I've been looking that up as well to where it and it's, especially prevalent among Black women to where we feel like we have to be all things to everybody at all times with the cape flapping in the back and we just fly in and fly out and go to all these places with all this energy where it's supposed to come from, I don't know. But with that, it's kind of like, if you're not careful, you're doing these things out of love or so you think. And then eventually you can really start to build up resentment. And then (laughs) when you ask people, why did they get a divorce it's not big things that they talk about they Mm -hmm. like they didn't wash the dishes they didn't take out the trash they kept leaving all the clothes on the floor and I'm sick of it I'm not (laughs) gonna take out the trash anymore and you're thinking like you got a divorce over trash Mm -hmm. but then you're like oh okay so you let that fester and not just kind of let resentment yeah. build on the top one of another on top of another mm-hmm. and now you're mad about everything right and we dwindle this thing down and it was the trash <laughs> yeah
1: it, and, and it's so it's like it's so random you know like I've, I've heard arguments around stuff it's like as simple as toothpaste you know like it's it's the it's the simplest things but it's it's the things that just literally tear relationships apart and I think that like you said it's this unspoken resentment that's just continuously building and building and building and it's like at some point like I said earlier we have to have a conversation like maybe trash isn't your thing okay then what is like what is it that I think (laughs) <laughs> what is it that I can delegate to you that I can expect that you will do that you will take some interest in some initiative in doing if that's not your thing then fine maybe I put maybe I pack it all up and can you just roll it out to the end of the end of the driveway like what is it um but I think once the resentment sets in it's kind of hard to come back from it um it, it just because there's just there's some there's something about me being vulnerable, enough, vulnerable enough to ask you to do a thing for me when I really could do it myself, but I'm being vulnerable enough to ask you to do it. And then you still don't come through. Like for me to keep coming, it's, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. So the resentment starts to build. And I mean, we can get to the divorce, the D word real quick <laughs> <laughs> with enough resentment.
0: <laughs> so how do you feel? Because this is something that I heard a lot. Well, if you want me to take out the trash just ask me mm-hmm. and then I'm like well if we live in the same house and you see me stuffing the trash down and I'm like putting my foot over it yeah it's trash. <laughs> it's trash overflowing I really don't feel like I should have to ask you mm-hmm. because you see what I see and so again then resentment starts to build up So how does one work through those situations? Because, I mean, it's not just me, but that's honestly something that I hear a lot. And of course, it's not always about trash, but it's about, well, if you wanted me to do that, just ask me where we're both living in the same house. We both see the same things. Why do I have to ask you?
1: Yeah. And so I I think it's more about... I know I feel like I'm going to say it a thousand times, but I think it's more about, about having the conversations because I think there are so many things that you, like, When you, you both see the same things, but you see, you see something different. Um, that's an annoyance for you, but it obviously is not if nobody else is moved by it. Like, what does that bother you? So that's, that's when I was talking about, like, if trash isn't your thing, then what is? Because maybe I'll take the trash out, but I actually hate to do whatever that is. I hate to stop and get gas and fill my car up. Can you take that on? Or I hate to do the dusting. You know what I mean? Like, can you take that on? And so where it doesn't have to be like, we kind of talk about the generals, and we come outside of that and say, okay, yeah, I'm a woman, but I have no issue with taking the trash out. If he's gonna be willing to do whatever his, maybe you make up the bed. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like maybe you clean the toilets, whatever it is, but maybe be willing to kind of shift a little bit just so that it all gets done and it doesn't have to be a, one person's responsibility. That's probably how I will do it. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't bother me. I'll pull the trash. I'll take it outside or I'll get one of my keys to take it out. It's not, you know, for me. Um, but we all have our thing. and so I don't want to minimize, you know anything because we all have our thing. Like my husband, he cannot stand to if there's laundry done and I haven't folded it up yet, he does not like to have to dig through the laundry for a <laughs> pair of socks. Yeah, I'm like, what's the big deal? But that came from him growing up in a family with six, seven, eight siblings, everybody's stuff in that basket. It, it just does something to him, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, no problem. I get the laundry, I fold it up, I put it up, not a big deal. Um, so just figuring out, figuring out those nuances. If that's not your thing, then what is? I'll give you that. I'll take that.
0: So all about compromise. So I think that's good. I mean, because essentially when you get into a relationship, that's what it is anyway. It's it's, To me, it's constant, constant compromise. So something that I said, hmm, that's interesting. So I was reading, listening to this book called women who love too much and Mm. what they were saying is that sometimes whatever that thing is that you're trying to avoid because you don't like it or you say I'm going to do this differently you actually will become that thing that you're trying to avoid because you've simply said I'm trying to avoid it but you haven't necessarily done any work towards it. So mm. for instance, if you did come from a, a single parent household where the mom was super independent, super strong and, and did all the things, but maybe you felt that, okay, well, I really didn't like the way that she talked to this guy or you know, whatever the case is. And you say, well, I'm gonna make sure that in my relationships, I don't talk to men like that. And then you get into the relationship and he brings something up and you're like, oh my God, I'm talking to this man the same way that, you know, this relative that I saw or whoever, the same way that I saw this woman talk to this is the same way that I'm doing it. And then you don't even realize you're You've just tweaked it a little bit to the point where Mm -hmm. you didn't understand it, but you literally end up doing the exact carbon copy of that thing that you were trying to avoid.
1: Yeah. And I think, and I think like a much harsher example of that is, for example, when, you know, men grew up in the home and they see their dads or boys grew up in the home and they see their dads, you know, being abusive to their moms. And of course you're thinking as a kid, like, oh my God, I would never treat my girlfriend or my wife that way. And then essentially they grow up and they become men who are physically abusive, verbally abusive. And it's like, despite your best mental effort, I guess you still do that. But I think that it's innate. I think it's, I think it's just learned behavior. And even though we say we don't want to do that, if we haven't learned how to not do that, then we're, more, then we're more prone to just repeat the same behavior, right? It's like, okay, if I know that every time my mom didn't cook, my dad hit her, okay, what would be, be the correct thing to do? So if you don't learn that, then you're probably going to be triggered and, do, and, and react the same way that you saw you would have to take a very conscious effort to do something different because otherwise it's just what's in you and again not to say that that's an excuse but you have to like you have to be intentional about doing something different I just think that that's I don't I don't know how you can do it without without intentionality you'd have to
0: yeah I thought I thought that piece was was really interesting because it it brings to light that whatever it is that you focus on is what you get mm-hmm. and so you often hear people say well if if they do this in this marriage infidelity is typically the top one if mm-hmm. they do this i'm out i'm yeah. i'm not i'm not going to stand for it i'm not going to do it mm-hmm. and then what's the thing that ends up happening infidelity mm-hmm. and so it's like the thing that you said you didn't want to happen probably the thing that you were hyper focused on yeah is what happened so it's like okay how did we get here then to this point where this thing that i didn't want it's now here and am i actually going to be out
1: <laughs> right
0: am i going to do something
1: am, <laughs> am, am i going to work through it and that's that's so interesting i think that that's um somebody that I work with recently had that very same thing that she, she had made this vow, like, you know, I saw my mom do this. And so I promise you, I will not, this is my thing. I will not put over this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then somehow you realize all these years later that this thing happened. And so it's like, what do I do? And so you have this vow that you've made to yourself that you feel like if I don't honor it, I'm letting myself down. But then when you think rationally, you're like, okay, I have, 20 years invested in this marriage i got four kids here and i'm upset about something that happened 10 years ago like what am i going to do am i going to honor this vow or am i going to give myself permission to say i made that vow when i was a younger person and that that no longer suits me today like what are you going to do so i think what you said is very common And then I think about, too, like how much of that are we attracting to ourselves, especially because that's what we've seen. It's kind of like embedded in our DNA. So how much of that have we attracted Mm -hmm. to ourselves, especially when we start to get in the same relationship patterns over and over and over? It's like, I don't really know if it's the guy or if it's the girl every time. I just think that there's something else going on in our aura and whatever you want to call it, where we're attracting this type of behavior to us which is probably a whole different
0: (laughs) (laughs) conversation but that I mean that's interesting though because I do believe that it's it's in our subconscious yeah because a lot of times we might say okay we can we can still stay we we can stay here but flip it a little bit so even when you still stick to dating if the man keeps if if i keep telling you that the dating pool is trash if i keep telling you that these men don't want to talk or if the guy keeps saying these women don't want to talk okay i'm the person picking these people <laughs> yeah. so why do i keep picking the men that don't want to talk mm-hmm. what is it about their profiles that what is that negative thing that stands out to me in which i keep picking the man who doesn't want to talk. And it's like, that's when you, I think that's when you figure out your type is probably not the person that you mm-hmm. should be picking and you should probably, like what made you pick their profile? What stuck out to you in this profile that said, this is the man I want to get to know. Clearly it wasn't for his communication skills because he's not talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, and, and that's so important. And, and I mean, I have a teenage daughter. And I, you know, I do everything that I can to combat these types of issues, but I'm I'm, I'm very clear, like, if you, you know, what you like is what you like, but just understand what comes with it. Come, understand what's on the other side of it. And until you start picking different, you're going to keep getting, you know what I mean? Like if you're basing it on this, 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 and this, and you know that when you pick based on that, what you get is what you don't want.
0: You have to do something different. <sighs> yeah, it's like, understanding why Why yeah understanding why you like yeah what you like as well very very true and that's
1: that's good self-awareness that takes work um yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) that takes good takes a lot of work
0: that it does so going back to the book because I thought it was it. I thought it was a really um, good book, "Women Who Love Too Much." I'll probably make a whole episode just on this book alone. But another thing that I really found interesting about this book was—oh man, it left me. It needs to come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. So I'm I'm ca- I'm just going to call it toxic love. Okay. So, you can get into these relationships with these people and it's only good for like a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it's like the only way that y'all can really get back together is y'all got to break up first. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be over like some kind of ridiculous argument or whatever it is, breakups to makeups, all the things. And then you're like, oh my God, I just can't let them go. I don't know why. And then, so you finally decide, okay, we're done. I'm not going to do this anymore. Clearly these type of men, the bad boy type, whatever these type of men are not working for me. So then you go towards in the opposite direction of this person who is really a great guy. He's catering to you. He's doing all the things that you want him to do, all the things that you dream that a man would do for you. But now you say he's boring. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, so the, the, uh, the therapist was talking to the lady, like trying to talk her through the process. And she was like, why do you say he's boring? Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, it, it's just, you know, he's this, it's just no action.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. she was like,
0: so wrong? are you are you looking to argue? Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, no, no, I don't want to argue. And she said, okay why is he boring well he's just he's he's so uh he's so he's so predictable
1: i'm saying he's so regular yeah he's, he's so re- regular. like
0: okay so so you have a man of good character you have a person who's treating you exactly the way that you want and it was even to the point where uh where she couldn't even feel satisfied with him sexually because she thought he was just so boring like there there was no anger behind it mm-hmm. behind their relationship and she was like but why do you need that if what you want is a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and she was like you've got to basically reprogram what looks good to you because for the longest time you were out here trying to seduce and chase and argue and do all of these things to get this person where now you don't have to do that anymore. And your brain is like, what? (laughs) This doesn't make sense. (laughs) I love it. I love, I love, I love it. It's so, it's so common, but I would have
1: taken it. I would have taken it a step further and I would have asked where did you learn that this behavior is what's acceptable. Where did you learn that this was necessary? The fighting, the breaking up, the making up, the aggressive sex, the, the, the rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. Where did you learn that? That's what I would have asked. Where did you, where did this originate? Then we can start to talk about and unpack it so that you can understand yourself. Why do you like this? Because yeah. it's very true and it's very common that women do it all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of the fighting and the arguing and the this and that. And so you like, you're not, nobody's really going to say. Now, some people do, but for the most part, nobody's really going to say, yeah, I want somebody that's going to be jumping on me and choking me. Nobody's going to say that. Like, that sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but essentially, that's what you attract and that's what you want. And when you get something opposite of that, you are bored to tears. It's like, dude, like, what do you do? You just go to work and you just right. go come home? <laughs> like, that's all you want going to do? <laughs> like, like, that's legit? It You want to talk about my day? For what? Because that yeah. it's boring. And so you really are going to have to do that reprogramming and retraining because your brain is saying, oh, my God, this is too quiet. This is too silent. Something's wrong here. You <laughs> need mm-hmm. to create some drama. And, and I've learned that very early on, that people who have a high tolerance for drama, when there is none, they create it. Yeah. You're going to find a way to say, oh my gosh, you left the cabinet open. And so then that starts the argument. And now it's like, oh, now we can get back to the thing that I like. <laughs> but I he's like, better. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes, thank you. You are human. <laughs> you know, but he's like, oh, babe, I'm sorry, I'll close it. It's like, dog, now I gotta go find something else. To, you know, and it just becomes this, you just chasing the drama, the adrenaline, the rush, the fight, the toxicity,
0: which is essentially what it is. It's funny that you say that, because now that brought me to another book that I read called The Big Leap. And what he was saying is that we have a threshold of happiness that we get to. And when we when we hit that ceiling, when we hit that threshold, he was like, our brain says, oh, no, 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 no. This is this is too much. I need to do something to bring this back down because I'm beyond my threshold um, let me start an argument with my Mm -hmm. wife real quick. That'll do it. I'm going to start an argument with her. Okay. Argument done. Ah, Mm -hmm. now we're back level.
1: So (laughs) like like self-sabotage. That That, is, that's the, uh, that's a perfect word for it. Sabotage. And it happens all the time. You know, it's like, oh, things are going so well, but for, for some reason, every six months, you know, we're into it again. It's like, it's probably sabotage. Like your brain is programmed now that, okay, we've been doing well, time to shake things up a bit here. (laughs) Then you go and you get something going. So it's funny, but it's not, it's so common.
0: Yeah. I I think what I find interesting, just kind of about like with everything that we talked about today from like the gender roles to the way that you are raised is literally all this kind of just stems back to childhood yeah. and it all stems back to what you saw maybe not necessarily what was said because there's a lot of things that can be said to us but we take in what we see even right. if you didn't say that thing directly and so it's like well if I saw you do this then this is probably what I'm going to do and then to go back when you were when you were saying what was the lady's source if I'm not mistaken because they it tells a lot of stories and case studies, but if I'm not mistaken, her, the source of that was that she did not feed, her father was not really available to her. And so because he was not available to her, she was used to constantly chasing after him. Like she tracked him down and she was like, you're gonna tell me you love me Mm -hmm. because he never said it. And so because she was constantly chasing after her father, To get that validation, inherently, what she didn't, what she didn't know that she was doing was repeating that same cycle. Except now she was chasing after other men who were emotionally unavailable, and Mm -hmm. she's trying to chase them down to basically get them to say everything that she wanted to hear from her father, which was, "I love you."
1: Yeah, I love it. You'd always trace back, and (laughs) I even had like I had a client. That was the opposite of that, right? So she had, she grew up two parent, mom and dad were extremely loving, Christian family, church, the Bible, all of the good mushy stuff that we see on the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And her choice in men have been toxic. They've been toxic. And we try to figure out, okay, how how did we get here? Well, then she started to unpack and she realizes that she had this friend whose family was the opposite of hers so her parents were all were on drugs they were you know alcoholics all the things so they was like constant fighting over there well her family was the opposite so she would go over there for some of the drama for some things going Uh, on a friend came to her house because she needed a break right oh my god it's so calm and peaceful here Mm -hmm. so now even though she didn't see that in her house she learned very early that, okay, for the excitement and the drama and the, all of the things, this is what it looks like. And so that's what she attracts, even though she didn't see that as a kid
0: growing up. That is interesting. That's interesting. Okay. So what have we learned today? Clearly we have learned <laughs> <laughs> that dating and marriage, however it is that you perceive, go all the way back do some reflection to see what did you pick up and what did you see in childhood that determines why you are the way you are and why you like what and who you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be very telling. And marriage is all about compromise. We did learn that as well. Yes. yes
1: it <laughs> absolutely is. And it, it's a process too. Right? like I'm always going to say, have the conversation up front If you talk about this kind of stuff up front when you're dating and you're smiling and everything is still kind and it's all still sweet and mushy and you go first, no, you go first. If you have these conversations, then you can kind of get ahead of some of that before you get married and you're living together and you're constantly together. Um, Ask those questions then, like what kinds of things do you like to do? What do you wanna do? How do you feel seen? How do you feel supported? How do you feel appreciated? yeah, I can take my car to get it serviced, but I would prefer to have my husband do that. It's nothing for me to go drive and get my own oil change and all that. But there are some things that I specifically set aside for him to do, even though I could do it myself. Mm-hmm. Because I know that he likes to use his hands and he likes to be busy doing things. So I let him do. It doesn't take anything away from me to let him do that, you know? So just exactly. have the conversations up front.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's like, it's basically all about intentionality with all of it and this is why I also feel that like when you first start dating someone and you're really in that infatuation phase this is the time for you to ask all of those hard-hitting questions because y'all are just so head over heels for one another really doesn't matter and then also I'm like this is why the honeymoon phase exists too because as you both are now combining your lives, you're going to bump some heads, but now y'all are head over heels in love <laughs> with one another. And so it's good. So that way, when the honeymoon phase wears off, y'all are solid now because you've yeah. loved each other kind of through the tough part. That's, that's kind of my theory for <laughs> these different. Sure, I, agree. I agree. And I, I like it.
1: Have the conversations when, it, when things are still light.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause once you've invested in that marriage or, you know, you've invested to take the next step, it's like, it's, it's so much harder for us to just really get back to that, where we just saw each other, just, and we were just in love just to be seeing each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah. I, I'm just so happy to see you today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. All right, so I definitely want to be mindful of your time. So my last question for you is if you could give a piece of advice to our sisters out there when it comes to dating, dating perspectives, or even gender roles, what would that piece of advice be? Oh,
1: gosh, I would say in terms of dating, I'm going to say it a thousand times. It's okay to have hard conversations up front. And if the guy that you're talking to, if it's too much, that may be your scientist to be like, you know what, this probably isn't gonna go anywhere. Because if you can't have hard conversations now when there isn't um, anything at, at stake, you're clearly not gonna have those types of conversations if we ever do go down the aisle. So don't be afraid to have the conversations and to ask the hard questions up front. Gender roles and all of that. That's fine, but do what works for you. Like I said, we do all, we both do all the things. Yes, my son had a kitchen set. He loves to cook, mm-hmm. he loves it. Even today, he's just turned 10. He enjoys putting the cornbread together. Anything that he can do, he does. Maybe that's because he's seen his dad in the kitchen. I don't know. But give your kids the space to explore because you don't want to stifle who they could become. Um, as adults you know and I think we're in a world now where we can expose our children to so much and so if if cooking cooking isn't detrimental I don't think um to a kid let them let them explore my daughter had one too she hates it she does not like to cook <laughs> <So> <laughs> she hates it she don't want nothing to do with it but, <laughs> but allow them to explore um, and just do over to you
0: there's no right or wrong there's no rules awesome love it do what works best for you. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic chat, per usual. And I thank you for coming on and just sharing your advice and wisdom with us. All right. All right. So that really just felt like Courtney and I, we were just chilling, talking on the phone, having conversations about relationships. But I love the flow of it. And I loved how. Again, if y'all picked it up, this is the second time that I have discussed relationship patterns. The first time I talked about it with Kim, and then here with Courtney is the second time. And they both said the same thing. If we do not work to actually put interventions in place to avoid the things that we don't want, simply by nature, it's going to happen again because we did not do anything to avoid it. So if there's something that you see, if there's something that you have observed that you know that you have already told yourself, when I get to whatever place I'm getting to, when I get married, when I get into a relationship, when I have a child, when I, when I, when I, whatever that when I is, if you are not putting things in place right now to avoid that when I It's absolutely going to happen, and that is what we have been emphasizing, especially in those two episodes in particular. So you all should know Courtney by now, but just in case, just in case you don't, Courtney Lloyd is a Louisiana native with 12 years of experience in mental health. Courtney is a licensed addiction counselor with certifications in both clinical trauma and rehabilitation counseling. She is also uniquely positioned as a student and a teacher. She is an adjunct professor of psychology at Southern University A&M College, and she is a doctoral candidate at Liberty University with research interests in ACEs and academic performance in Black students attending HBCUs. Courtney owns a private practice where she helps women heal through trauma. She also serves as a member of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women Incorporated, Metropolitan Baton Rouge Chapter, where she unapologetically advocates on behalf of Black women and girls to promote leadership, development, and gender equity in the areas of health, education, and economic empowerment. So again, I hope that you all were really able to pick up some nuggets within this episode. Again, I will reemphasize. If there is something that you want to avoid, when you get into whatever that thing is, make sure today that you are putting things in place so that you can avoid it. Not just you putting it out there saying, I don't want to do that, but you're actually putting systems and processes and things in place to make sure that you don't end up falling into that same type of pattern. And also remember, you have to do what's best for you in your relationship. So forget whatever anyone else is telling you. If it works for you and your relationship, that is truly all that matters. And as Courtney always says, have the conversation. So of course, I will leave all of Courtney's information in the show notes so that you all can track her down, on Instagram and YouTube and go to her website and all of those wonderful things. So sis, there is no one like you. There is no one out here that can do the things that you do. So show up, let your light shine bright, and never dim it for anyone. Until next time, bye!